For us people with disability, living in our own home isn't something we expect to just happen. And I went, no, I can do it. Often we have to make it happen by ourselves or with our family and our allies. I'm glad that I actually did it because I felt like I'm one of the ones who have not got a disability, but I have. In Australia, 67% of households are homeowners. That includes people with disability. And how is it possible for people with a disability to achieve the great Australian dream of home ownership? How important is location and neighbourhood? What schemes and subsidies might assist with affordability? In this episode, you'll meet Catherine Wright. She's been in her own home for two years. Catherine's a pretty creative person. She runs a home business, sewing portraits and clothing. I do hats, pencil case or makeup bag. I do um, sewing portraits as well. She's also a mum to a teenage son and daughter. She's a fantastic singer and an artist herself. And my sons are kind of a happy-go-lucky guy. Catherine and her husband bought a home off the plan in a housing estate. In Western Australia, it's a three-bedroom home with a small backyard that looks onto a park. My lounge room is my favourite area. I can see the um, sunrise coming through my, uh, my lounge room. She loves it and her kids are happy there too. My son, he's so happy that he's got his big window and he can see the mountains through his window. Catherine and her family used to live in social housing. I was... Living in a rental home, it just didn't work out for us. There was three disability homes there. Then there was, a, on the opposite side, there was abusive families because they always relied on us more than they can rely themselves. So we said, well, I don't want to get hurt by that again. We couldn't do what we want to do, like walk out sometimes and people ask, um, can I have some money kind of thing? Late nights, there were cars coming in and out and uh, dodgy stuff. I felt unsafe because we actually got bashed in that house. We were on like eggshells in the rental places. And then when we were in another rental place, I went, oh, we need to do it. And they did do it. Catherine and her husband saved, researched and planned for a long time. They actually... It was really low in price for the buildings to build and we tried to save up and we've been looking since eight years of it and, and doing our research for um, getting our home. We have to um, calm ourselves down and find another. They give us the paperwork and tell us what to do, but we find, had to find our own angle to, to get it easy for me. So we always have find another angle. If we can't get that done, we'll find another angle to get it into another situation. She used technology that made things easier with all the paperwork and kept personal debt to a minimum. We got a um, photocopier and you take photos of your things and it actually could PDF form some stuff and it sends off to their emails. 
because it's hard for us to go to them, the emails go to them. A full on credit cards, pay that straight away. Just keep some of if you've got only a little bit of debt, like we had a car, so we have a little bit of debt and it's still okay. Well, we saved a little bit. Sometimes we had to hold back of fast foods. We had to not go out a lot to fund things. Catherine used some of her NDIS support coordination funding to navigate some of the hurdles, such as paperwork. Sometimes it might be in the NDIS might help out to do the other people. It wasn't always a smooth journey to buying a home. Catherine came up against people who didn't think she'd have her own home. And people even tell me at the background, oh, you shouldn't do it because you're using too much of the disability money. But it wasn't a disability money that we're using a lot. We got, my husband was working as well. I'm glad that I actually did it because I felt like I'm, I'm one, of the, one of the ones who have not got a disability, but I have. And then we actually did. They saved money from her husband's wage and from her DSP, Disability Support Pension. And then Catherine and her husband started thinking about the kind of house they'd like and what area. Tried um, lots of research, like go to the homes that's opening just to talk around and looking at the designs that they have. I always grown up with this area. I used to skate on that. My doctors told me all about that for my disabilities. But I used to be free in this area kind of thing. And me and my husband, when we just got married and we're just standing up in this area, we said, oh, maybe this area later on in the future, we might live there. Catherine's wish came true. With a low deposit home loan, they bought a house off the plan. Their house was in a new estate in the same area where Catherine had skated and run around as a kid against doctor's orders. They negotiated with the builders to make it accessible and customised to the needs of Catherine and her kids, including her autistic daughter. The builders that we had didn't know how to do a disability home. We couldn't do it on what they were doing, like normal building kind of thing, because that that was not helping for us. When Catherine talks about customising something, she says she quirks it. The builder designed it, but we um, quirk it in a way that the switches are about nine feet high. They're going to go and put it down to my ankle type. And I said, no, I can't go down to my ankle because I might put my hip out because I already replaced it. And if I'm getting older, need to get in a wheelchair, I've got my PowerPoints high that I can touch it. For them to widen up the doors, the doors to need to get, if we need uh, ambulance beds come in and out, the bathrooms without glass in the showers because um, my daughter loves to swing her toys around and, yeah, usually first thing of the shower glasses will be smashed. We, we had wider bathroom for me if I in a wheelchair to care for my daughter in the shower. We did a little bit of um, working with uh, the light switch 
my daughter's um, light switch is in the hallway now instead of the, in the bedroom because she always likes to be a disco lights, just flicking it up and down and seeing all the lights going in on and off. It took a year from signing the sale contract to moving in. After she moved, Catherine didn't look back. We just moved in in 2019. It was a bit stressful because of um, neighbours was in my hair a lot as well in the rental place and with yeah with the disability I have I had to um, butt my lips sometimes to because all of them go can I have your dress can I have your dress to see you again and I had to button up my lip and say no I don't want you to have my dress um and I'm I'm leaving this area and I want not that area to come to my new world She's also glad to be out of rental housing because renting can be looked down on and owning your own place is still the great Australian dream, even if in many parts of Australia it's unaffordable. Because as a rental house, um, people judge you kind of thing. People kept on um, putting, putting you down. But in my own home now, no one's judging me. And the insecurity and lack of control when you rent in Australia. Yeah, because of the um, inspections times and all of that, I felt like I was um, got in trouble. I felt like I was um, in like um, like principal kind of thing. When you're a teenager, you just like got the principals on your back and going, or the teachers on your back going, "Oh, you got to do this the right way." And it's like I'm supposed to live in my own way in this rental house. When my daughter um, was at home on the rental time, that she collects a lot of um, paperwork at the shops and, yeah, um, she actually chucked it on the floor once and then we got, I got in trouble with junk on the floor. Catherine feels a part of her new community and she's active in it too. We had a chance to settle down for two, nearly two years of, in our home. My home that I'm in, it's a, a strata block, so I I always um had to um had to go to meetings and all that to talk to everybody. So it helps me um relate to the people in the street, and it helps me get um get more in the community kind of thing. Actually, walk um walk where um people can actually. Well, normal people, I think, <laughs> can do it. And then I, I can go, go into them too as well. Because we got a small backyard. We got a Whiteman Park as a back, a big, um, big backyard. We go, go there and sometimes we bang into some of the neighbours in our street that just have a barbecue. So we just have a chat to them there. And yeah, it's, um, I'm waiting for another another time when they'd have the markets there, and it just feels like I'm I, 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 the whole whole area feels like I belonged there. Catherine finds it important to stick to their budget, and running her own business helps. And we worried if we have to if the money goes down, we have to um, do something about it. But I, I'm glad that I got a second. Like helping out to do my own job, try and learn everything. I got some money there to help me through 
So I got my own business. She points out that people with disability, both renters and homeowners, can get subsidies on some rates and bills. When we just got in, they said to me, uh, did you know about uh, you got a, um, subsidy, a disability subsidy on your land rate? And I didn't realise that till we moved till we moved in, they said you had to wait till the next tax season to fix it all up. And we were thinking, okay. And then I never knew that since I, um, when I was um, younger or anything, that you have actually have a land, um, the subsidy for land rates in your disability. When you're renting, you know that you got the, the power bill and maybe your water rates if you put your name on on them instead of your husband who's not got a disability, you get rebates. One big piece of advice is to ignore people who aren't on your side. Your past that people say, oh, you should not do that or, oh, you're, um, you're on Centrelink, you, you're rooking the system kind of thing, um, but you're not actually rooking the system. You're actually trying to live, live your life and trying to get into your own home. Some bullies out there to push you down and you need to get find your own angle to get get out of it and get um get into your own own dreams and follow your dreams. Having your own place means Catherine has more space, both emotionally and physically, to dream and turn her own dreams into reality instead of getting caught up in the stuff around her. I know that I'm not going to move from that place. I can trying to find my ideas and get all into my um, my business. It just helps me know that I, I can, I, now I can find my dreams now, follow my dreams instead of um, following the neighbours and in the, in the rental places kept on pushing me down. She says that being a homeowner makes her feel like she has the same opportunities as other people and that she belongs. I know it's not, nothing's normal in this world, but it felt like I'm, I'm, I can actually do what people who haven't got a disability, that I can, uh, I can relate to them. Because sometimes yeah. when I didn't have a um, business or I haven't had my, a house, I'm not I, in that little community of owning a house and a business, I'm not, I didn't felt like I... I was like belonging to any of them or uh, if I talk to them about something else, it's not relationship to what they they have. I can I can say, yeah, I I I can see that in my house and I'll, oh I can I can die that what what that feel like of the tax and situation like that has to do. I felt like um my my sister when she she built um in 1996, but I felt like I'm, I actually, I, I actually can belong to, I actually can do it. That was Catherine Wright, assisted by support worker Jill Carney. Keep trying to find ways that work for you or the person you are trying to support. Catherine calls these angles angles that make things easier for her. There's pitfalls in traditional social housing and models that cluster people together. 
there are low interest loans and various subsidies that you might tap into. Having a choice about where you live and the neighbourhood is important so you can feel secure and have a sense of belonging. And the next and final episode of My Home, My Way, you'll hear about safeguards, how living in your own place can help keep you safe. Tim and Kelly get invited to street parties. People are looking out for them. You can find the show notes for this episode with the main points and a transcript on My Home, My Way website. The My Home, My Way website also has lots of resources, stories and tips for you to get your own place on your terms or to support someone else too. Type My Home, My Way into a search engine or go to myhomemyway.com.au slash podcast. My Home, My Way is made by NACBO, the National Alliance of Capacity Building Organisations in Australia. This episode was recorded on Wajuk Country by Claire Gibellini for Valued Lives. It was hosted by me, Jake Briggs, and produced by Jane Curtis with executive producer Deb Rouget. Sound engineering by John Jacobs. My Home, My Way is produced with the support of the Australian Government Department of Social Services. If you like this episode, please tell your friends and family. This podcast is sensory friendly, so you can listen comfortably. We'd love to know if there's anything we could do to make this podcast more accessible and your feedback in general. Contact us through the My Home, My Way website. Thanks for listening. Thank you.